Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I am a physical therapist and owner and founder of Evlo Fitness. And today I want to continue our conversation about why you might not be building muscle. You're spending consistent time in the gym and you're still not seeing your body change. And first, I just want to say that muscle growth takes at least eight weeks. So if you've given it eight consistent weeks, Sometimes it can take longer, like up to 24 weeks. If you've given it time and you're still not seeing your body change, there are a few things that could be at play. And these episodes are layering one on top of the other. So this is part three of this series. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, just know that I will reference some things in those first two episodes. And if you're confused about anything, if you haven't listened to them, you might go back and listen to them to get a little bit more clarity. But... um it's funny because this is the second time I'm recording this. I decided that I want to start adding these to YouTube as well. And so I was, I videotaped myself recording this yesterday and then I got um, back to listening to it and the audio sounded like crap. So if you want to go watch the original one that I uh, filmed or recorded, you can go watch that on YouTube. It's our YouTube is just Evlo Fitness. So today I want to talk about chronic inflammation and how it can block your progress. Again, these episodes are built on each other. So if you're like, I've listened to episode one and I know that I am doing, you know, mostly early phase loaded exercises, or maybe you're following my program, in which case you're good to go. Or number two, I know that I'm training enough, but I'm not overtraining. If you're like, yes, I'm doing both of those things. I've given it enough time and I'm still not seeing changes in my body. It could be because of chronic inflammation. So What's interesting is that having more muscle mass can actually decrease your levels of chronic inflammation. Having more muscle can improve your insulin sensitivity, which is great for your health in so many ways, including able your ability to easily improve your body composition. So by participating in progressive resistance training, you contribute to what I call an upward spiral. So what happens is you add muscle to your body. And this can improve your hormone balance, like your insulin and your cortisol levels. And this also improves your metabolism because when you have more muscle, your metabolism improves. When you have healthier hormones and a healthier metabolism and more muscle, you're able to approach a healthy body composition with more ease, kind of almost less effort. Like I hear that from my clients a lot is that they're like, I'm losing fat without even trying. And it's like, yes, when you when you have a body that is balanced, and I know that's so cliche, but seriously, like when you have healthy, balanced hormones and lots of muscle, and that's what your focus is, you're able to approach that body composition, again, that you're maybe looking for with more ease. And that's not what it's all about, right? Having balanced hormones is so much better for your health. You feel so much more energetic. You know, when you're more energetic, you can actually give time to having, give energy to having better quality workouts. And when you have better quality workouts and more consistency, because you're not all broken down, you can start to build more muscle, more lean tissue, improving your insulin, insulin sensitivity even more, and the upward spiral continues. This is why I always suggest having a routine where you're doing more resistance training than you are like intense cardio. 
And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with intense cardio. I did two podcasts specifically about cardio if you want to go listen back to those. But I do recommend focusing your attention mostly on strength training and cardio can be kind of sprinkled in as as an adjunct if you want. I recommend three to four days of strength training and then easy walks on most days of the week. And then if you're feeling good, you might consider adding 15 to 20 minutes of cardio maybe a couple of times per week. And again, go listen to the cardio episodes if you want to learn more about how to dose cardio appropriately for your body and for where you are in your fitness level. However, I think people hear about this upward spiral that I'm talking about where it's like, yes, if you have more muscle, you will achieve your goals faster. And they think that they need to do more. They think they need to be spending two hours, three hours in the gym lifting weights in order to achieve this upward spiral. And that's not what I'm saying at all. Because like I talked about in the last episode, That can lead to overtraining, which can mess with your hormones, causing all types of undesirable results like weight gain, fatigue, unstable mood, and so many more things. So I'm not saying more is better. It's all about dosing it appropriately. So I want to make sure that I'm clear about that in every episode because I realize that not everyone listens to all of them, which is totally fine. But if this is your first episode, I just want to make sure that I'm clear on my stance on that. If you've listened to the first two podcasts and you're still confused as to why you seem to be doing all the right things, you're choosing your exercises wisely with more early phase loaded exercises rather than late phase loaded, you're not overtraining and spiking your cortisol, which can actually backtrack you, inhibit your progress, and you still aren't gaining muscle, it could be because of chronic inflammation. Inflammation is a buzzword and it's not all bad. So please don't hear me wrong that I'm saying inflammation is the enemy. Acute inflammation is important in healing and recovering from your workouts. So what happens is you stress your muscles in a workout and your body senses that there's some damage. It sends inflammatory cells to that area in order to repair that damage and build, hopefully build you back stronger if you've given your body enough time to recover. But just like acute or short bursts of cortisol can be beneficial, but chronically elevated levels can lead to more muscle wasting and can be detrimental to your results, so can chronic inflammation. Studies show that higher levels of CRP, which is a marker of inflammation, reduce your ability to gain muscle. So higher baseline inflammatory markers are shown to blunt protein synthesis during your training, which means you'll have a harder time gaining muscle if you have more inflammation. And when I talked about cortisol and stuff in my last episode a few weeks ago, people, I got a lot of messages that were like, how do I know if I have high cortisol? And you you can get this tested, but a lot of times you can look for symptoms. So if, if, the, if you're the same way, if you're like, how do I know if I have high CRP? I'm going to talk about symptoms that, to look for here in a moment. And You can just notice if you have some symptoms and it could indicate that you have higher inflammation and then you can take steps um, before you go get your blood work done. You might just be able to adjust your exercise and lower your inflammation. So I just wanted to give that aside real quick. So chronic inflammation can lead to an accumulation of what's called free radicals, which can actually accelerate your aging and decrease your ability to add muscle. So... (laughs) You can see physical manifestations of this with more gray hair, more wrinkles, etc. And I think a great example of how chronic inflammation can accelerate aging is in presidents. So within a four-year span, you can see a president like age, like 
much more than four years. It looks like they've aged like 20 years sometimes. Like they'll have much more gray hair. They'll, they'll have much more wrinkles and they'll, they'll get this physical manifestation of aging. And this is because of chronic inflammation, which I'm going to talk about here in a second. And over time, this chronic inflammation can lead to osteoporosis, which will decrease density of bone and have lots of other health issues. But before we start taking a bunch of anti-inflammatories and pin inflammation as the bad guy, I think it's important to discuss the fact that inflammation is a response. It's triggered by something. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. In other words, it's a symptom of something else that you need to fix rather than trying to fix the inflammation itself. So I'm going to use this kind of silly analogy because we just moved into a new home and my husband and I were laughing that we're like bumping our legs on furniture all the time because like we're just moving fast and we're just not used to something being there. So like we have, we both have like bruises and cuts on our legs and stuff. So funny. But I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, the bruise isn't the problem. It's that I keep hitting my leg. So if I just try to like you know, rub the bruise and foam roll it and rub ointments on it and whatever, it might feel a little bit better, but it's not going to go away until I just stop hitting my leg. (laughs) So inflammation is the same way, right? Like if we just try to treat the inflammation without treating the underlying cause of the inflammation, usually it just keeps coming back. So that's why chronic inflammation could be an issue. In this episode, I want to talk about what the normal course of inflammation looks like after a workout. We'll talk about the top four reasons for inflammation as far as a musculoskeletal standpoint goes. We'll talk about symptoms of having chronic inflammation, and then I'll talk about my suggestions for what to do if you think you may have chronic inflammation. So first, let's discuss what should happen when the inflammation cycle is triggered after a workout. So there is a degenerative phase and a regenerative phase. What happens is after your workout within the first 24 to 48 hours, you get all of these immune cells flooding your muscles. So you lift a weight, the muscle gets damaged, and all of these immune cells flood the area. And lysosomes, which are enzymes that break down and metabolize damaged tissue, are produced to cause more inflammation. So in the first 24 to 48 hours, you kind of get this cycle where you get inflammation, you get initial injury, injury meaning like you're lifting a weight and you get like little damages in your muscle. And enzymes flood the area, create a little bit more inflammation temporarily. And this can continue for a few days after your workout, depending on how hard you've worked your muscle. And then after this inflammation response is complete, the tissue remodeling begins. So this is the regenerative phase. Muscle fibers will build back to their pre-workout size and larger if time allows. So if you give your muscles enough time during that inflammation cycle, they will build back to the baseline size and hopefully larger. Depending on the intensity of your workouts and how hard you've worked your muscle, this can sometimes last like days and sometimes weeks. So, and there's so much debate about whether you should work your muscles again in this period where they are healing after, after a hard workout. And to be honest, I've seen so much conflicting evidence. What's made the most sense to me and what I've developed as my philosophy is to wait at least two days, sometimes longer 
from when you work one muscle group to when you work it again. And I've just found this to be the most conservative approach that tends to work for both my my own body and the hundreds of people that I've worked with um, using the Evlo method. And I just think this helps to avoid overuse and it really helps to move you forward, which I'll talk about overuse here in a moment. So that's the natural cycle of inflammation. That's what should happen. So hopefully you see that maybe giving your muscles some time after you've worked them is beneficial for you to actually build more strength. Now let's talk about the four primary things that can lead to inflammation in your muscles and inhibit you from seeing results from your workouts. I'm sure there are a whole host of like nutritional things that we could talk about. And again, you guys know I'm not a nutrition expert. I always try to stay in my lane. I'm a biomechanics expert, not a nutrition expert. So I'm not going to really touch on that too much today, but just know that that is super important too. So here are the four things, stress, overuse, trauma, and dehydration or nutritional deficits. And I first learned this when I got my training and muscle activation technique a few years ago, and I decided to dig a little deeper into each of these factors. So I'll talk about each of them. I'll give you some symptoms to look for that you may potentially have chronic inflammation in your body, and then I'll give my suggestions for what to do if you may be struggling with chronic inflammation. So first, let's talk about stress. Everyone knows that stress (laughs) is not great for you if it's in high doses, But what I think is so interesting is that physical and emotional stress can manifest in your body in almost the exact same way because your brain releases cortisol when it perceives stress, whether that stress is physical, like you have to release a bunch of glucose in your muscles to use this energy so you can run away from something trying to attack you. Or if it's a thought in your head, like worrying about someone that's trying to attack you. Like I'm always worrying about someone breaking into my house, which is ridiculous. But it manifests physically in the same way. The same hormones are released. Um, Your body, your muscles, you know, you're pulling glucose out of your muscles. So you can actually get the same symptoms, whether you are emotionally stressed or whether you're physically stressed, which I think is really important to remember. And when stress when the stress hormones are released from this perceived threat, they can start to accumulate in your body and cause insulin issues and inflammation. And as I said earlier, inflammation can block protein synthesis and inhibit your muscles from growing and seeing the benefits from your workouts. So if you're emotionally stressed and you're exercising, it may be worth looking into how to manage your emotional stress so you can see ultimately better results from your workouts. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, oh, you're saying that if I take care of my brain, like I'm going to get more benefits from my workouts? Yes, I am saying that. (laughs) You cannot separate your mental health and your physical health. It just cannot be separated. So if you're going through a really emotionally stressful time, it could be worth backing up just a little bit from your workouts and taking a look into your emotional and mental health and maybe getting some help about that. And you guys know, again, I'm not a mental health specialist and you can do both at the same time. Of course, you can continue to work out while you're working on your mental health, but I just think it's really important to talk about. I guess how I've done it. I really focused on my mental health the past few years, and I think it's allowed me to build a business and not give in to my fear all the time and my doubt and, and allow myself to process 
negative emotions. And the way I've done this is I've learned through the Life Coach School, which this is not paid, by the way. They are not paying me to say this. But what I do is I've, I listen to her podcast, Brooke Castillo on the Life Coach School, and then I join her, mem- her coaching membership. And it's so valuable because what they do is she has what's called the model. And the model is how you can, a tool that you can use to approach so many things in your life. So what it, what, what it is, is you have a thought, you have a, that thought causes a feeling, that feeling drives you into action and that action will ultimately create your results. So essentially our thoughts have the power to create the results in our lives. So if you're more aware of what you're thinking and aware of what you're feeling and aware of that you're acting out of your thoughts and feelings, you can start to be intentional about what you're thinking. And again, I'm not an expert in this. I'm not a life coach, but I do highly recommend if you are wanting to look into that, the Life Coach School podcast, excellent, excellent. Okay, so mental health can contribute to levels of inflammation in your body, but physical stressors can influence inflammation as well, obviously. One of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they want to improve body composition is that they cut their calories at the same time that they're adding a bunch of cardio. And when you cut calories and you're doing a bunch of cardio, your body senses that it's not going to get fuel from food. So it needs to utilize the tissues in your body and break down the tissues in your body to use to fuel you. And it sounds like it would be a good weight loss tool, and it does, right? You will potentially lose weight in the short term, but this method can eventually backfire because your body will not only use your fat stores at fuel, but it will also use bone, muscle, and connective tissue because your body is adaptive, If it senses she's not really using her muscle very much, we can use that muscle as fuel, right? Because they're going to use, your body's going to pull from whatever tissue it can to fuel you. So this can actually lead to muscle loss doing this type of method where you're just doing a bunch of cardio and you're cutting your calories at the same time. It will lower your basal metabolic rate or your metabolism because you've lost muscle tissue and it can actually spike cortisol because of the high stress to your system. And eventually this can really backfire, remember, because higher levels of cortisol lead to higher levels of insulin resistance and can start to, you can start to actually gain weight from this. So it's really not a great method in my opinion. However, when you're focused more on building strength and building muscle, you're placing high demand on your system to lay down more muscle and bone and connective tissue and neural tissue. So the body's weight loss will come exclusively from fat. If you control your nutrition by eating unprocessed foods and control your insulin levels, again, I'm not a nutrition specialist, but I do have someone coming on next week about this. Super excited. You can start to approach a healthy body fat with lots of protective muscle and send yourself up that upward spiral. Physical stress can also be in the form of sleep deprivation. And I'm probably going to do an entirely different podcast about sleep because I think it's super interesting. But studies show that just one night of poor sleep can disrupt your progress from your workouts. I always say, if you have to sacrifice your sleep to get a workout, skip the workout and get the extra hour of sleep. (laughs) You know, it's going to trigger some of you. (laughs) Another physical stress on your body is prolonged positioning. So staying in one position for too long can be stressful on your joints and on your muscles. 
We were made to move. And the way I do this is I drink a bunch of water, so I have to get up and go to the bathroom a lot because I'm on my computer basically all day long, like, you know, trying to run a business. So I drink a bunch of water so that I have to get up and go to the bathroom. But you can, you know, stand up once or twice every hour, circle your hips, circle your shoulders, move your head around, circle your ankles, just get moving more often. Obviously, I could go on and on about stress, both emotional and physical, but let's move on to the next big contributor of inflammation. The second big contributor for chronic inflammation in your muscles is overuse. Overuse is a bit different than overtraining as it's more localized to a specific tissue or muscle in your body. Overtraining is generally more hormonal, whereas overuse is generally more neuromuscular. You can have both at the same time, of course. Someone could be overtraining and also overusing a specific muscle, but you can also have one without the other. You can be training in the right dosages and not overtraining, but you could be working the same muscle group too often without allowing healing time and have overuse. Overuse is when your muscles and tendons are loaded, are overloaded due to either too much frequency and or too much load to an unprepared tissue. So if you you see this a lot with runners, right? When they jump right into a running program and they're not they haven't trained their body at all, you get shin splints. Shin splints are an overuse injury. And so when this high load of frequency is combined with decreased recovery, chronic inflammation begins to accumulate in the tissue. This chronic inflammation leads to a decreased ability for that muscle to be loaded. And remember, like to talk, like I talked about earlier, when you have higher levels of chronic inflammation, studies show that you have a harder time gaining muscle, and this often leads to pain and discomfort. Overuse is caused by repetitive movement. So doing the same movement over and over and over multiple days in a row or multiple days per week or whatever. And this is one of the reasons why I caution a lot of cycling or even like daily power yoga where you're doing a bunch of chaturanga push-ups. And of course, you know, you guys know I love yoga, but in some people it can result in some discomfort in the hips, in the back, in the shoulders if you're doing a bunch of chaturanga push-ups. So it's just something to kind of consider. And some people can handle this repetitive movement because their tissues are prepared for it, they've been training properly, whatever. But if your workouts have the same types of movements in them day in and day out, you could be setting yourself up for inflammation in your muscles and eventually weakness and delayed healing and chronic inflammation. If you think about it, each time you stress a muscle, you have that acute bout of inflammation like I talked about earlier. And this acute bout of inflammation is a good thing. It stimulates the healing process for your body to regenerate and hopefully build back stronger muscles. However, if you're constantly triggering acute inflammation in an area before that area has been given a chance to return to its baseline strength or even stronger, it can lead to chronic inflammation and just start the process over and over and over. And this is where you can start to see undesirable results. Again, some people can absolutely handle this type of repetitive routine where they're, where they're, they're on their bike every single day. And that's totally fine. And like I said, there's lots of debate about this in the literature. If you're finding you're constantly sore and tender to the touch and you're recovering poorly and you're not gaining muscle or you're even losing muscle, it could be worth looking into 
your programming of your workouts and asking yourself, am I overusing a certain area of my body? Am I doing a certain movement too often? I remember um, at one point in my fitness journey, I was overusing my glutes and when I would like touch my glutes at any time, this, this is, this wasn't just after I worked them, but like this was happened for months. They were like so tender to touch. Like a tennis ball would be like unbearable on my glutes. And I actually, at that time was getting muscle activation technique done. So, um, they, in muscle activation technique, they test the strength of your muscles and my glutes were like completely weak every time. And it's so fascinating because I was like, so confused. I was like, what? I work my glutes all the time. How are they weak? And it was because of this chronic inflammation because of overuse. One way to tell if you could be overusing a muscle is again, just to give it a touch, like rub it. Um, You can use a tennis ball. You can use your fingers, just palpate the muscle. And if it's super tender, if it feels like it's on fire, it could be because you're overusing that muscle. And it could mean potentially taking a break from doing some repetitive movement or taking a break from working that muscle group could definitely do you good. All right. So a third reason for chronic inflammation is trauma. And when I say trauma, I mean physical trauma, like getting injured in a sport or getting in a car accident or falling off a ladder or something like that. And I'm not going to talk about this too much, but if you've had trauma where you injured a tissue in your body significantly and you didn't allow it proper healing, it can absolutely be a contributor of chronic inflammation and can inhibit your results. And lastly, the fourth common reason for chronic inflammation in your muscles is dehydration or nutritional deficits. Again, this is something that I don't want to focus on too much because nutrition is not my lane, but just understanding that this is absolutely a factor in the results that you will see from your workouts. Because if you are eating, you know, highly inflammatory foods, you can accumulate high inflammation levels in your body, which will decrease your protein synthesis, which will decrease your ability to add muscle. All right. So just to summarize, we've got four common reasons for inflammation. Number one, stress, both emotional stress and physical stress can manifest very similarly in your body. Number two is overuse. Number three is trauma physical trauma. And number four is dehydration or nutritional deficits. So what are some signs and symptoms that you could look for to indicate if you have some chronic inflammation? And interestingly, these are very similar to the signs and symptoms of chronically elevated cortisol. So let's go through them. Body pain or myalgia. This, it goes back to that tender to the touch, right? If your muscles feel like they're on fire at all times, this could be because of chronic inflammation chronic fatigue, feeling tired all the time, and or insomnia, having trouble sleeping, depression, anxiety, and mood disorders, digestive issues, weight gain or weight loss, and frequent infections. Are you getting sick all the time? So those are some things to look for. If you have a couple of those or more, it could be an indication that you have some chronic inflammation and we should probably start to look at that. So what are some steps you could start to take if you feel like you might be suffering from chronic inflammation, if you feel like you may have some of these symptoms? So first we have to address these four things to see sustainable and more permanent change. Remember, if we just look at the inflammation, if we just take an ibuprofen to try to get the swelling down or whatever you're going to do to try to reduce the inflammation, it's going to come back. So we have to address the underlying cause. What is 
the stressor that we're putting our body through that's inappropriate and causing this chronic inflammation, which is inhibiting our results. So again, we just look at each of these four things and let's start with stress. As I said before, focusing on your mental and emotional health can be extremely valuable in ultimately seeing better results from your workouts. And sometimes it might mean like, okay, I'm not going to focus on my workouts for a little bit. I'm just going to focus on my mental health because sometimes it can be overwhelming to try to do all of it at once. So if you need to tease these things out, I would prioritize mental health and then get to your workouts. Of course, you can do them at the same time if you're able to tolerate that, but I, I cannot emphasize enough how much your emotional and your mental stress can contribute to physical manifestations in your body. Then we need to address physical stress. When you can, choose quality sleep over an extra workout. If you didn't get seven to nine hours of sleep, you haven't earned the right to wake up at 5 a.m. and work out. And I know, again, that's going to trigger some of you. And I'm not, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the 5 a.m. workout unless you've gotten to sleep at like eight or nine the night before. Because if you're working out and you're struggling to gain muscle, it could be because you're not recovering enough. You're not getting enough sleep. So maybe try taking out a workout and getting better quality sleep. And I can guarantee you that you will see better results from fewer, more quality workouts when you have enough sleep than if you're getting more workouts and you're sleeping like shit every night. To be honest, I prioritize my sleep like no other. (laughs) I am usually asleep by like 10 p.m., and up by 6.37 a.m. So I'm usually getting like eight and a half, nine hours of sleep every night. However, I know this isn't attainable for everyone. I want to make sure I'm sensitive to that. You know, I don't have kids and I'm self-employed, so I make my own hours. So I know this isn't like possible for everyone, but just do the best you can. Be nice to yourself and maybe consider doing less workouts and getting more quality sleep when you can. This is one of the reasons why Evlo is so approachable for people who have busy lifestyles because with Evlo, you know, you can roll out of bed and work out for 30 minutes and get extra 30 minutes of sleep. You don't have to drive to the gym and spend two hours with the whole deal, the whole shebang. And you can get in and out and you work out in 30 minutes and you can still have great sleep and a great workout. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. So next let's talk about If you were doing too much exercise, if you're doing a bunch of intense exercise and you feel like you could be struggling from chronic inflammation, from potentially overuse and just stressing your body too much, try taking down the intensity of your cardio and adding walks instead. If you're resistance training and you're struggling to gain muscle and you're also doing HIIT and cardio and a bunch of crazy Peloton classes, maybe just take those out for a little bit and just walk. And the reason I like walking is because it's much much less stressful on your central nervous system. And by making this swap, you can shift your nervous system from that high cortisol fight or flight state and into more of a balanced nervous system state, which can improve your body composition and the results that you're seeing from your training sessions. Next, let's go over overuse. One mistake I see people make is that they think they can just do more recovery type things on top of their intense workouts. So they're like, yes, I'm going to work out seven days a week, like as intensely as I possibly can, but I'm also going to do massages and I'm going to go to the sauna and I'm going to do restorative yoga and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to foam roll and I'm going to get out my massage gun and that will be enough recovery for my body to bounce back. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. You can't overstress your body and then just try to add more to make up for the overstress to your body. You have to stress your body appropriately enough, but not too much. 
So not that there's necessarily anything wrong with those modalities, uh, those recovery modalities, but it's just, I think people get fooled into thinking like, oh, recovery means I can work out as hard as I can and I can just foam roll and it'll all be okay. And it just, your body just doesn't work like that. I highly recommend implementing workout splits where you work a different set of muscles each day and have at least one, preferably more days in between when you're working a muscle group. I talk about this all the time. But again, if you work your abdominals on Monday, you don't want to turn around and work them again on Tuesday because this can start to contribute to overuse and actually backtrack you. You're not actually allowing your muscles enough time to heal. And this is what we do in Evlo so that we don't overuse any specific muscle group. We are always cycling which muscle groups we're working on any given day and making sure that we have at least two days between when we work that muscle group again. All right, next let's talk about trauma physical trauma. Trauma is something that may need to be addressed by a practitioner. And I actually highly suggest muscle activation techniques. It's what I was trained in and what I used when I was a practicing physical therapist. And it is the best philosophy technique that I know of right now. And Again, if you're struggling to heal from a trauma and you think it might be getting the getting the way of your results or causing a bunch of pain, definitely, definitely, definitely look into muscle activation techniques. And this, they are not paying me to say this. I just truly believe in it. So you can actually go to muscleactivation.com and click find a specialist and you can find a specialist in your area. Highly recommend. And then lastly, dehydration or nutritional deficits can increase chronic inflammation and block you from seeing results. Again, I am not an expert in this, but I will say from my own studies, I know that eating foods in their least processed state is probably best for your overall health and levels of inflammation. Please don't get me wrong that this is not advice. This is not nutritional advice, but I do get lots of questions about how I eat. So I want to talk about this just really quickly. So during the week, like Monday through Thursday, at actually probably Sunday at noon through Thursday. Friday at noon, I am eating pretty clean. I eat big meals, but infrequent meals. And I try to make those meals uh, low in processed foods if there's any processed foods. And I really try to eat like low dairy and low flour and sugar. So for instance, I do lots of bowls with like rice or quinoa as a base and a bunch of greens and a protein like, uh, you know, fish or ground beef or chicken or something like that. And then I try to top it with like yummy toppings like pickled red onions and cilantro and salt and yummy seasonings. So I try to eat like that. Monday through Friday. And I will say by the time I get to Friday at lunch, I am feeling so good, like physically, energetically, my joints feel good. It just really makes me feel good. And then on the weekends, what I do is I try to be reasonable, but I am much less strict with myself on the weekend. So I enjoy foods that I love like pizza and ice cream. And I, I do drink on the weekends. Um, But I can tell this affects me on Monday, like I'm dragging a little bit more on Monday. However, like I want to live my life and I love to eat good foods. So that's just the flow that I found works really well for me. And again, I'm not giving advice about this. I'm just kind of saying what's worked for me. Next week on the podcast, I'm actually having someone on that is going to be talking about nutrition, who she is a nutrition expert. So stay tuned for that. It's gonna be really good. All right, so just to summarize, chronic inflammation can block you from seeing results from your workouts. Chronic inflammation is the symptom, not the cause. If we treat the symptom 
without addressing the cause, it will usually never fully resolve. Treat the cause by looking at these four things, looking at stress, looking at overuse, maybe resolving some trauma by seeing a practitioner, and then focusing on getting enough water and getting nice, healthy, balanced meals. So hopefully this was helpful. If you want to join a program where you know we value not only working your muscles in a healthy, sustainable way, but also getting enough recovery and we value your mental health and we don't believe in just grinding your body into the ground. We don't believe that that works. So Evlo Fitness is my workout program. You can work out with me Monday through Friday, evlofitness.com, E-V-L-O fitness.com. would love to have you there and we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.